Oikos Podcast, Sustainability Conversations. Hello, I'm Lindsay Schaefer with Oikos at the Oikos UNDP Young Scholars Development Academy here in Nairobi, Kenya, and I'm speaking with Dr. Catherine Dolan, fellow, fellow of Green Templeton College and a university lecturer at the Said Business School at the University of Oxford. Dr. Dolan is here with us today discussing how her current research ties in with all that we've been talking about this week and Oikos and its PhD students. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Lindsay. Um, yes, as I was talking to Lindsay beforehand, um, my research generally focuses on the relationship between business and society. And it's taken a few different forms over the years. And, you know, originally I started off with a focus on how you can integrate the poor into high-value agricultural commodity chains, with the specific focus on providing women an opportunity to engage in trade that was more higher value than just, you know, producing produce for spot markets. Um, and then we moved into looking at how corporate social responsibility could be used as a way to offer women opportunities um, on horticultural plantations and pack houses within Kenya and improve the conditions of their work um, through you know, raised income, through better working conditions, um, better terms of employment, and that sort of thing. Um, from there, I've worked specifically on forms of social enterprise, specifically fair trade. Um, and I've done a lot of work in fair trade in Kenya, looking at how you know fair trade is used to improve access to markets, improve prices, and specifically how the social premium of fair trade is used within communities so that uh, in a way that can address community needs around education, health care. Um, and so forth. Um, within the last five or six years, as I've moved into business school away from development studies per se, I've been more focused on market-based models, pure market-based models of um, women's empowerment and poverty reduction, and looking at how this kind of current move towards making markets work for the poor, inclusive markets, inclusive business, compassionate capitalism, all these sorts of late motifs of, of the relationship between business and society are, are played out in a couple of different areas. Um, and they all have to do with women's empowerment and they all have to do with poverty reduction, although what I focus on is quite different. So we had one, um, and I should also say that most of these projects are in conjunction with a colleague at the Said Business School named uh, Linda Scott, um, and also our research assistant who is a PhD student here, who's also at the Waco Seminar, Mary Louise Johnstone. Um, we started out sp originally looking at Avon Cosmetics, the model of Avon Cosmetics, and was looking at whether the distribution system of Avon, which is a door-to-door -door distribution system um, in South Africa, could be used as a way to empower black South African women. Um, so we were looking at it as a model of poverty deduction as, and as well as whether the distribution system itself could be used as a way to provide other kinds of information, for example, information on HIV AIDS, similar to the L'Oreal program, um, health-related information, education-related information, whether the women that sold Avon um, were earning a decent income through doing so, whether it was a sustainable income, uh, and whether it was contributing to poverty reduction in, in, in the areas in which we studied. We focused on three different areas of South Africa, and again, as I mentioned, among poor black women. 
And we found that indeed, yes, Avon, you know, did reduce income poverty, um, although we all know that, as we've, we know from the, the group here at Oikos, that poverty is multidimensional. And so the, the, although we, we did find that Avon provided an, the women an opportunity to improve their incomes and their, their uh, skills base um, through integration into Avon, there were also, you know, increases in sort of cons time poverty. Um, it was, you know, it's quite an exacting industry. So that's the Avon study, you know, it's a very kind of positive um, uh, result on whether or not the distribution of manufactured commodities uh, can actually uh, lead towards reduced poverty in the communities in which such systems operate. And we've kind of extended or rather elaborated that work by looking at a BOP scheme in Bangladesh. It's called the Rural Sales Program. Now it's recently been renamed JIDA because it's morphed from a partnership between multinational corporations and CARE Bangladesh into a social enterprise that is um, a joint venture between Danone and CARE Bangladesh or CARE USA. I'm not sure of the exact uh, organizational structure right now, um, but but at any rate, that's a very that's very different than the Avon system because it isn't just one multinational corporation using entrepreneurs um, to distribute commodities, right? It's uh, you know it's a partnership between a several multinational corporations: Danone, Unilever, Square Cosmetics, Bata, Bic. Um, so, you know, large, large multinationals and an NGO. And it's a system that has been developed and managed solely by care. The multinationals have just been funneling their goods through the system. So we studied what the women that are the entrepreneurs that actually delivered these pro uh, products door to door in rural Bangladesh, and. These care selects these entrepreneurs based on their poverty profile. They are the quote unquote poorest of the poor. Mm -hmm. And we uh, did a study of 125 of these women to determine whether or not the income that they earned as a result of, of distributing these products, um, you know, was similar questions as the Avon question, whether it was sustainable, um, uh, whether or not it provided en enhanced opportunities for consumption, improvements in the material conditions of the households, that sort of thing. And indeed, we found that, yes, um, that being an opera Jita led to all sorts of empowerment outcomes for these women. So now we're extending that study because a lot of the criticisms of these sorts of BOP distribution models are that they, that they negatively impact the communities in which they operate, both through the environmental implications of, of littering through small sachets of products as well as perhaps the empowerment effects of women have negative effects <laughs> on you know customary norms and practices right that might have a negative backlash in some some cultures uh, so right now we're designing um, the a pilot study for a large-scale consumer behavior study that will take place um, in Bangladesh again starting this November to look at the 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 implications of the system from a consumption consumer behavior perspective so that's really exciting we're really excited about that and then related to that because all these projects sort of look at the the connection between manufactured commodities and women's empowerment we've been doing research on the relationship between um, uh, sanitary protection and educational achievement of African girls and we did a pilot study um, in Ghana two years ago that looked at 
whether or not the provision of puberty education and sanitary curls makes a difference in terms of girls' ability to access and access education, attend classes, and perform better. And we found that the results were positive and, and warranted further investigation. And we recently received, well, we received a grant last year to ramp up that study in Uganda. So now we're doing an, a randomized control trial in Uganda that looks at four communities of, of African schoolgirls, adolescents, um, to determine whether or not the provision of edu puberty education um, in one group, sanitary towels in another group, both in another group, and nothing in another group actually leads to improved educational outcomes because obviously improving educational um, attainment of girls is directly correlated to the national development indicators that we're also concerned about. And uh, that study is also looking at how households make consumption decisions in ways that may favor or, or uh, be biased against girls, mm -hmm. and that may affect their long-term ca capacity and potential to be productive members of society. And then finally, I'll conclude with um, we've also been working with um, uh, Pampers, uh, not Pampers, P&G, who manufacture Pampers, and they mm -hmm. have a, a, a a campaign, you buy one pack of Pampers, and the contributions support neonatal tetanus vaccines in Africa. And we've been studying, again, whether or not that particular campaign um, has been successful from both the point of view of Procter & Gamble, as well as the African women who received the vaccine, and whether or not there's been uh, you know, a reduction in disease potential, et cetera, et cetera. So all these, I'm going very quickly, but all these are just a number of projects that we are working on that, that are all market-based models of development, and we're interested both in the impact of these models on whether or not they achieve the outcomes that they are intended or at least um, seek to achieve, uh, as well as how they are operationalized, what lessons can we learn for business, as well as for the development community, you know, more broadly, and whether or not these have efficacy over the long term. Mm -hmm. Great, thank you. And I know I have one more question, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Uh, you've been giving great information to the participants and feedback this whole time, this whole week, and I was just wondering, do you have any um, any uh, any um, suggestions for people who want to get into this research or who are just, or who are just getting into this research about what they should do, um, what they should focus on, what one important piece of information should they walk away with? That's really tricky because, I mean, I'm sure that as you've probably gleaned from interviewing the other faculty and the students themselves, we all come from very different disciplines. And so there's not a, a very standardized roadmap or blueprint that, you know, one size fits all for, you know, engaging in this work, which has been the, the great joy of OICOS because, again, I come from a very different background than my colleagues, and yet we're interested in the same problems. And so, you know, one of the things that's been great about the students here is, you know, we have management students, we have development study students, and, and the, the thing that I, for students that want to get involved in, in this particular work, I think in embracing that interdisciplinarity is actually quite critical because it straddles these boundaries. It's neither quantitative or qualitative. You need to leverage both methodological skills, I feel, um, to be able to really deliver findings or, you know, information that's going to be uh, make a contribution to our understanding of how this new field is developing and unfurling before our eyes. 
Um, and so I think although there's a tendency within disciplines to balkanize and to silo, and to say I'm a management scholar, I'm a development studies person, I'm a sociologist, I think one of the great takeaways for students here is that there's great, there's tremendous value in embracing the, you know, the, the knowledges of other disciplines and bringing those knowledges to bear on the problems that they're focusing on. So that would be my, my takeaway. Great, thank you so much. Sure. It's a pleasure speaking to you.